0: Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using Grow CFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Welcome to the Grow CFO Show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and back with me again today is Dan Wells, our founder. Hello, Dan. Hello, Kevin. Dan, thought it'd be a great idea today if we started talking about a new free training course. Um, We've had it around for a while as one of the career milestone courses that have been part of the uh, premium Grow CFO offer. But we decided recently that we'd actually make this particular one available to all our members so you can get to it if you're a free member of Grow CFO as well. And it's all about picking up at the first 100 days in your new finance role. So, Dan, what do you think the challenges are as people are moving into their first 100 days in a new job?
1: It's a really interesting topic, Kevin. And the first point that I would make is that so many people are moving roles throughout their career. And on average, it's around about three years that people spend in each role. So if you think about that 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 means that actually for quite a high percentage of your career you are going to be in your first 100 days in a new role so it's a really really important topic and i i guess the way that we think about it is that there are two different angles here either you're in a new role because of an internal promotion or you're in a new role because you're changing businesses and there's certainly plenty to think about for each
0: mm, there
1: are and I think it's worth saying,
0: well, why we talk about 100 days here as well, Dan, because uh, that goes back to a a guy called Franklin D. Roosevelt, US president in the 1930s. And he arrived as president in the US in the middle of the Great Depression, in the middle of there being runs on banks and things like that. And FDR, as he's lovingly known, is responsible for two or three things. You'll hear about the first 100 days. Well, he was the first president to do, to have a 100-day agenda. And he's passed, still to this day, he passed more legislation and did more things in his first 100 days than any president since. And every president gets compared with what he did in his first 100 days. There's always that milestone. Uh, he also invented the bank holiday because he stopped runs on the banks by actually physically closing them for an extended weekend so people couldn't go and take their money out. And he also invented the fireside chat, which certainly is the way we run this podcast. We tend to look at the podcast as two or three people having a fireside chat with each other. FDR invented the fireside chat because that was the way he started talking to the American people. He came on radio, which was still in 1932, a fairly new invention, and he'd have the fireside chat once a week with the American public to tell them what was going on. So first 100 days, FDR, but first 100 days in your new finance job, I think what you do in the first 100 days sets the tone for your first year in the job, if you get it right. And the first year in the job, certainly if you're moving to a CFO role, is the thing that will decide whether you're that impactful CFO or not. But... uh, Dan you raised an interesting point there that you you could be going to this either as an internal promotion or an external appointment and the challenges are so different and actually that's one of the key things that we we major in on when we're teaching this in module nine of the future CFO program on which the the free course is is
1: based. That's right Kevin and it's, it's really interesting if we if we start with internal promotions There's two sort of really big challenges that instantly spring to mind. The first one is that because you're transitioning from an existing role into a new one, it's really, really important that you're able to properly let go of your old role and pass it on to other people. So it's important that you, you've kind of got a replacement, if you like, within that role, whether that's someone you're hiring in or someone else who's being promoted up you know, almost at the same time as you. Um, and, and it's really important that you make a big conscious effort to pass over all of your work and really start to think about how you're going to change your behaviours to become an effective CFO as opposed to a direct report. So, so that's a big challenge we see time and time again. I think the other one is people's perception of you, because people will see you, you know, day in day out in in that sort of role below the CFO, and then suddenly, you know, one day you become the CFO for the first time, and you know, not everybody will necessarily pick up on that straight away. Um, lots of people will remember you in your old role, and so again, I think you need to have a really good plan to make sure that people can recognise that you're now stepping up into that finance leader role. Um, and indeed to really sort of recognise the qualities and and the difference that that brings to the organisation.
0: Yeah, and I think as well it gives a problem to the number two that you should have gone out of your way to find, to replace you in your old role. Now, you've got to be careful that the perception of you as the person that used to do that job doesn't overshadow them and they've got enough headspace to get on with their their new role. Um, I think looking at the... External appointment, Dan. There are some some strange parallels with the internal appointment, but the the issue manifests itself in the opposite way. you know in your current organisation who the big players are, who you've got to influence, who is the first among equals next to the CEO in the boardroom. You move into your new company well, it's probably going to take you a little bit of time to work out how things are done around here. Who do you have to influence? Who's going to be the, the difficult person you've got to get past all the time? And we talked briefly there about recruiting your replacement. Well, you'll have a number two more than likely in your new company as well. Your new team is going to be an unknown quantity. You've got to really work out what you've got very quickly and looking at your number two is going to be quite important uh a lot of situations you know, your number two may well have applied for the job that you just walked into maybe feeling a bit bruised because they didn't get that job and that might give you something you've got to start looking at very early on is that somebody that's currently motivated is it somebody you've got to you've got to give some care and attention to going forward it's a tricky position so the the challenges are strangely about the same things but in a different way depending whether it's an external or an internal promotion
1: yeah. absolutely kevin it's, it's always interesting because any change you know can always sort of trigger a, a different reaction from from that intended and and actually if you think about it imagine you know, you're in a team and suddenly your boss changes you know, actually that is going to have quite a big impact on you and you know the, the whole team will be sort of thinking about their futures they'll be thinking about you know do, do they want to carry on or is this actually a trigger for them to go and potentially move on as well and what, what I always say to people is think long and hard about the following two things Firstly, why have you been brought in to that new company in the CFO role? Um, I think it's a really interesting angle This, you know, Sometimes you'll be coming in because there's a crisis to deal with. Sometimes you'll be coming in because they need your specific skill sets and, and actually, you know, they just don't exist elsewhere in the team. Um, sometimes you might be replacing somebody at short notice or um, alternatively, and maybe the company's growing and actually you could be their first ever CFO appointment. So think very hard about the reason why you're being brought in. And then the second thing I, I say to people is think about who you're replacing. So are you replacing a really high performer who maybe is retiring at the end of an amazing career and you know everybody absolutely loved and, and, and is really hard to replace? Um, are you replacing somebody who, who maybe just didn't work out in the role and, you know, you've inherited a situation you need to deal with and, and really need to sort of change the culture within the team and the wider business? Um, or, you know, are you coming in in an interim position? I mean, there's a whole range of different scenarios, but I do think it's a really important thing to think about before you start to get into the kind of nitty gritty of the role. Yeah, I
0: think that that's very important as well from another angle, Dan, that you will have been brought in more than likely to do something specific. But there's a huge amount going on in the role of business as usual. And you'll have to get up to speed with business as usual pretty quickly. And there's always a danger that business as usual then can, can swamp all your attention. And you don't make a big enough impact early enough on in the thing that you were brought in to do. So I think that v- recognising what it is, what's the change that's going to happen as a result of your appointment, realizing what that is and making sure you're putting time aside for that one big objective is very, very important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, I think it's so important to put that time aside and you know, some people talk about the, 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 in particular, the first few weeks of a new role has been that kind of honeymoon settling in mm. period where everybody's nice to you. You know, you can get plenty of time and attention from people and, you know, they're not necessarily holding you accountable for the things that are going wrong because they recognize you've not had time to do anything about it yet. Um, but of course you know, behind the scenes they're definitely judging you as a person, you know seeing how your style works, whether they think you're the right person to really be stepping in. Um, so you, know, you, you definitely need to be on your toes but it is a it's a great time to just spend lots and lots of time talking to people, really getting to know you know what yeah. makes the organization tick, you know why things are done the way they are, um, the politics around the place, as is, is, is you kind of alluded to earlier, Kevin. Um, and once you've had that time, you'll never get it again. So yeah. Yeah. And I'd say as well, in in that period, Dan,
0: never be frightened to ask the silly question. Okay. The silly question might just reveal something very interesting. The other hand, somebody might say, What on earth are you asking that for? Well, you still got the excuse that I'm new around here, I didn't know. And everybody will accept that. You ask the silly question that is a silly question. Twelve months down the road is, and you should know that by now, will be the answer. Yeah. So take advantage of your honeymoon period to find out those things. But uh, yeah, I'd say as well, Dan, you've got you've got to be structured in the way you apply that first hundred days. Um, certainly, the real honeymoon period is that first ten days when you're landing. If that's all about introductions, it's all about meeting people, it's all about having inductions in the way things happen. Um, but then beyond that, I think you've got to break this down into three distinct periods of, ni- of 30 days. Um, there's something in the first period about assessing, finding out, working out what's wrong, what needs to change, what you've got. Um, There's a second period that's about blueprinting. Where do you want, what are the things you want to change? How do you want to do it? Sort of putting together the way going forward And the third period is about beginning to share that with the rest of people, beginning to put the plans together, beginning to get yourself ready to move into implementation of some of those new things, which will happen outside of your first 100 days. So, I think you you've got to go in there and start on day one and put yourself a hundred day plan together and think very carefully about those three very specific different periods of 30 days.
1: I really like the way you, you break that down, Kevin, into the three periods and and in particular, your focus on making sure you identify what needs to be fixed there's so many people that they they fail to really find the time to properly write down all the different things that they need to do, um, and yeah. as you say, Kevin, you, you've got you've got time to create a, a realistic implementation timetable. Nobody expects you to fix them all straight away. But but what, what I have found, a lot of finance leaders have struggled to really identify and communicate what the issues are in their first 100 days, and then suddenly, you know, things are still going wrong, which you know nobody was aware of. You know, four, five, six months into the role, yeah, um, and suddenly you're held accountable for it, even if it might have been something sort of legacy to, to to you joining the firm. So, so I think it's really important to make sure that you document and communicate after that sort of first 100 day period yeah. what the things are you need to fix, and and to just be realistic with people about you know what timetable you're going to need to actually do it.
0: And starting that process off, actually, Dan, I direct people that are listening to this. And thinking about oh, that's me coming up in a in a few weeks time I'm stepping into a new role, go listen to the podcast that I recorded a few weeks ago with Susanna Serrano Davy, one of our mentors, and Susanna took us into building a heat map for change, and she was talking specifically about her experiences of moving into new organisations in positions like this. And she's very much a fan of getting your team. And that might be the finance team and many CFOs. You might have the procurement team. You might have the HR team. You might have bits of IT, but whoever they are. Now, take them off site. Take them through some sessions where they effectively tell you what's going wrong. You maybe share with them some of the things that you've seen. And collectively you start coming up with a what's important around here what can we change what are the hot spots that we've got to fix um and i think out of that you've got to very much identify some quick wins i can't emphasize enough that in that first 30 days you should be thinking straight away about quick wins because you want to show somebody that you're capable of doing stuff you want to show the person that's Decided to employ you, that yes, you're a fraction, but you also want to show your team that as they're bringing things to you that they know need to be fixed, that you're a person that can do something for them to help them.
1: Absolutely, Kevin. It's it's interesting what you said earlier. I mean, when we were talking about the reasons people are pulled into the role, there nearly is always something pretty urgent that needs to be addressed. when you land um and as you say you know whether that is a quick fix or whether that's a a more significant action obviously you know that that needs to be agreed and factored into the 100 day plan if that's something that needs to be done early on so i think it's really important to make sure that you you do understand you know what those sort of burning issues are that need to be addressed and and differentiate those from things that maybe are are a bit more strategic over time
0: yeah but another interesting one dan going to the the next period, the sort of the middle 30 days when you're blueprinting and working out what needs to happen. And yes, you'll have your quick wins, but as you say, there'll be other things that are more difficult, more complex, often may have interactions between more than what it might not be just within your finance team. It could be across business, and you've got to get more people moving and involved in it. So by, by its very nature, it takes longer. You put those blueprints together. Those blueprints will lead to plans, which will involve people taking actions, might involve system changes, might involve organization changes. And there'll be an implication that in whatever it is you're gonna fix, there's a pound sign. So I think one very important bit of that blueprinting in your middle 30 days is to be going along to your peers, your board, your CEO and saying, look, Here's the outline of what I need to do. Here's the outline of when it's going to happen. This is what it's going to cost. Have I got the budget? So at that stage, you really find out whether you have been brought in to fix something or not. And I can see you smiling, Dan, on the screen, for those of you that are listening on audio. So Dan's got a grin on his face about this one. There's, There's clearly some experience there, Dan.
1: No, Kevin, I, I think it's a really interesting topic and I yeah, absolutely agree with what you said. What, what I was thinking, actually, as you, as you said it, is I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, Kevin. When would you typically start creating your 100-day plan? I, I've heard lots of recruiters in the past sort of talk about doing it almost before you start the application process so you can kind of show them that you, know, you are sort of thinking about your selling and in period and, and giving them an idea of, you know, the kind of impact you could make then what would your take be on it
0: i think it happens in iterations dan one thing that's absolutely clear to me is that there's kind of five stages to this induction and four of them sit in the 100 day plan the first one sits before you even land without a doubt yes i think you would possibly be as you're going for interview and so on, you've you've certainly researched the company. You've certainly started finding out what the job spec is. It might be visible up front, what that big thing is that you're supposed to be changing. Well, you'd certainly be able to talk in some degree of outline roughly what you do, because unless you can show roughly what you're going to do, you're not going to get the job. But I'll take some experience here from... The consultancy world where frequently i've been part of a team that's been brought in to fix something for a client and you'll have a spec of what the client wants and i would say on 80 to 90 percent of consultancy projects dan you find that once you actually get started the problem is a different one to the one that was explained to you okay so I think, yes, you'll start off with starting put, to put your 100-day plan together before you get there. You'll have a period that maybe you've landed the job, but you haven't actually started on day one. Well, I think your process starts in there that there's nothing stopping you meeting up with people in your new business, talking to people, having conversations, starting to get to know more about it. So, yeah, the initial cell that you've had of what this is about that you took the job on then things start crystallizing during those conversations things crystallize further as you go through the induction the real place where things will really crystallize is when the first 30 days when you meet your team if you do that off-site that i talked about you know, the people at the coal face will know what the problems are The people at the cold face, nine times out of 10, know how to fix them. They just don't have, they're just not empowered to do it. So your perception of what the problem is will change enormously as you start talking to the people that are close to the problem. So I think your 100 day plan and your blueprint for going forward will, will change as time goes on. And you've got to be prepared to have that iteration and be prepared to learn don't go in there with any
1: preset ideas of what you're going to do yeah you make some really good points kevin i think that's absolutely right and the final thing i, I would say on this topic before we close is that actually you know, it's really important to make sure you surround yourself with the right people to be successful in your new role absolutely and yeah we get a lot of people come to us in the community asking for mentors you know people who have been there and done it many times over experienced cfos and if anyone is about to go into a new role and you want to have a professional mentor to support you in the background especially in that early stage as you settle in uh, do feel free to reach out to us we've got a, a wide pool of mentors with a huge amount of combined experience
0: yeah i i actually really really believe in that mentoring relationship and some folks see it as a sign of weakness that you should be able to do it all yourself but yeah the reality is and we can tell this from the, the cfo competency framework dan you know nobody is an expert in all of the competencies that we associate with the cfo some people are good at a few things They're not good across the board. You can be a generalist and an awful lot of people will learn over a career by years and years of experience. In your first role, you don't have that. So why not get somebody in your corner who's done it before and got the T-shirt and knows how to get there? There's head knowledge and there's practical knowledge. And the practical knowledge of doing it is something that you're going to learn over time, but you probably haven't got now.
1: That's right, Kevin. And we've done a lot of analysis of this, actually, because we have a lot of people from our future CFO programme landing their first CFO roles. And and actually, the, the average level of of skills for the CFO role is about six out of 10 when people land their first role. So absolutely the desire the passion is you know 10 out of 10 if not more if that's even possible but um but actually the level of skills and readiness is around about six out of ten so you know don't be surprised if you feel you need help and um, as i say we're here to help you and i know lots of people have found it really really supportive we
0: also know that the biggest challenges that face that people face in that first cfo role are imposter syndrome and lack of confidence and if that's you going into that role well you know somebody in your corner mentoring you can really really help
1: agreed no absolutely
0: right so dan that i think has been a fascinating look at the first 100 days obviously there's lots lots more besides what we talked about in the course so i'd encourage anybody who's moving towards the first 100 days in a new finance role, whether that's a head of finance, whether it's a head of uh, fp or whether it's the CFO job themselves, there's something in this course for you.
1: There is. And, and we hope you all enjoy the course and, and do reach out if you've got any questions. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Kevin.